Chris Orestes, the president of Retirement Genius. Retirement Genius is a company that provides information and then access to resources for people who are looking to build or live a well-balanced retirement. So we work with people on and give them information and resources on financial planning, health and long-term care security, and lifestyle issues so that they can put all the pieces together to really have a well-balanced retirement. There was a study done on nutrition in the U.S., and it found that some senior citizens are lacking in the nutrition that they need. Could you sum up some of the highlights or the lowlights, I guess you could say, of the study? An organization called Feeding America put out a report that said 5.2 million Americans that are 60 or over live with food insecurity. And food insecurity means you are missing meals. You're not sure where your next meals are coming from. And that's a very disturbing thought that in this country, the richest, most resource-rich nation, not only in the world, but in history, could have millions suffering from food insecurity. Is just It's just unthinkable. But I will say that Part of the problem is that they don't realize there are resources they can tap into. There are ways to combat food insecurity. And, and I think it's just such an important discussion for us to have because we can talk about how people can get to some resources that'll help them. So I was talking to my 91-year-old mother the other day. She was saying how sometimes she wants to get a drink of water. So she takes a bottle of water out of the fridge and she can't get the cap off nobody's around to help her or some other uh, older Americans are shaky. So they don't feel like even though they can get around, they don't feel really comfortable standing over a stove cooking an yep. actual meal. So it goes beyond what we think of like people not with not enough money to buy food, but also seniors that can't access the food that they may have. So there are many problems around this issue. Well, you know, and that's a great point. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because you're right. It isn't just economic. It's also living situations. A lot of seniors live in isolation. They're by themselves. People who are in rural areas that are that are further away from getting to a grocery store or, or other outlets where they could find food. It isn't just economic. It can be physical limitations, living in isolation. It can be geographic. And again, though, we have resources in this country that will help people combat all those limitations. Economics is a big part of this for sure, but there are those other elements. Let's talk about where you found in the study the greatest problems. As people get older, the more challenging it became. And isolation and being in a rural area where you're further and further away from grocery stores because transportation can become a problem for a lot of seniors as well. So that was where you were seeing some real big spikes in food insecurity people that were living further away from grocery stores and, and, and food outlets. And the older they get, the more isolated they get, if they were living alone, those all were big contributing factors to their food insecurity. Some of the solutions, Meals on Wheels, I, I was surprised to see that that's only been around since 1972. It seems like it's always been with us, but that really does a pretty good job of helping seniors access the right nutrition. So among the, the ways that people can get access to food if they're finding challenges, Meals on Wheels is certainly one. It's been in existence for 50 years, and they serve hundreds of millions of meals a year to seniors across this country. About two and a half million seniors a year are getting food from Meals on Wheels. And 
it's in a variety of ways. Meals on Wheels, you can go to Meals on Wheels outlets. You can go to settings like churches and town halls where food can be made available. And Meals on Wheels will also come to people and bring food to them at home. So when they're caught in that situation where they're living in isolation, when geographically they're unable to travel, it's very difficult for them to travel, Meals on Wheels can come to you. And also there are online services that people can access, although in some cases older seniors may not have access to computers, but maybe somebody close to them would set it up for them. And, you know, and I always emphasize this about particularly where seniors are living in isolation or, or, or they have the challenges of technology. And certainly we've seen a rise in seniors being more comfortable with technology. Yes, yes. But there certainly are plenty that still that's a challenge. And this is where family is so important, family and friends to help out. And it isn't, quite frankly, it isn't just with meals. It's on so many other fronts, right? I mean, just yeah. making sure that somebody's living safely or not being a victim of scams. You know, your family needs to keep an eye out for loved ones. And I always say, don't assume when it comes to seniors and loved ones that no news is good news. Helping somebody by ordering food deliveries, which, which are, there's great services that will deliver foods that are either the components of meals that you can easily put together or, or absolutely finished, ready to go meals that will be delivered to people for them to eat. And I found some interesting ones out there. One that I thought was interesting is a website called www seniordiettogo.com, where not only are they preparing and delivering meals, but they're putting the meals together to meet the unique nutritional requirements of seniors. Because as bodies age and bodies change, their nutritional needs will change. And it's important to bear in mind that what a 23-year-old is eating might not be the same thing from a nutritional factor as what would be required for an 83-year-old. Some older Americans especially, their appetites sort of wane. They don't even eat as much as they did, and that's dangerous too. Oh, did you eat? Um, I, I don't know. Did I? As the appetite wanes and the energy to cook big meals. One of the things I recommend to people is instead of trying to take on making two or three big meals in a day, you could eat smaller meals over the course of the day that aren't hard to put together, smaller things are just as good if you spread out five smaller meals over the course of your day. You know, a small bowl of granola and milk, you know, maybe a bagel. You know, as you're going through the day, you're you're, you're more grazing than trying to focus on it's noon and I need to make a big complex lunch. That can help for people who don't have the the motivation and and a big appetite. They'll still be getting the calories and the nutrition they need into their body just spread out over the course of the day. Or even like one of these big sandwiches, especially an older person isn't going to be able to eat a whole sandwich. So they could eat half of it and then save the other half for later or even for the next day. Absolutely. I mean, I do that. I'll, yeah. There's plenty of times where there's meals coming along and I, I look at that and I think, well, now I've got, I'm going to get two meals out of that. Supermarkets today are almost like food courts. They have all these ready to eat prepared meals for folks that you can pick up for an elderly person. They do. And I really emphasize when it comes to getting ready-made meals at the grocery store, 
I would look towards the healthy, fresh-made stuff and, and be careful about what you're getting, whether it's out of the frozen section or other areas of the grocery store that are too heavy and too heavily processed, loaded with sugar and salt and preservatives. Look for the fresh-made stuff, you know, which will last you over the course of the week, but it's ready-made stuff. You could scoop out and warm up some pasta with some kind of, say, meatball or, you know, or chicken or salads. There's definitely healthy options that are prepared that will sustain you all week long. doesn't have to be a budget buster to get that kind of meals into your house as well. It used to be where you would stop by a neighbor's house with with a coffee cake or, or a nice piece of strudel or uh, something you got from the bakery and uh, sit there and just uh, have a little coffee clutch in the middle of the afternoon with your neighbor. I think that has fallen off, although maybe now it'll make a comeback. I think people learned over the last couple of years, social interaction and community coming together when you don't have it, you miss it. And now that we're able to get back out again, although still we need to remain cautious, there are still the potentials to, to catch COVID still exist. I know people who, have, who are still catching it. But now we're at a point like we haven't been in the last two years where there are chances to be able to get together and find that also will help people eat because oftentimes eating is a social event. I remember growing up and my grandfather would say, food is love. We, we would love to get together and, and eat together. And it's just more pleasurable to do that than sitting home alone eating by yourself. I think we've talked about the blue zones before, the uh, five areas in uh, around the world where people live a long time. And one of the reasons right. that they've tracked for this longevity is camaraderie. And a lot of times older people just don't get out. They could get out and center their activities as we do in America around a meal. I'm glad you brought that up because I've always studied the blue zones and found it fascinating. And so much of that longevity and the quality of life they're living, people who are getting into into their hundreds, it's because they have a active social and family network. They're moving, they're getting out and moving around. They're not sedentary. They're eating healthy foods and the eating and the social family engagement are often tied together. And it just makes for a very fulfilling, healthy and active lifestyle. Food stamps, we mentioned that there are a lot of non-economic reasons for people not getting the proper nutrition, but we can't ignore economic concerns as well. And there are food stamps that are available to help older people. Everybody refers to it as food stamps, but the program is actually called SNAP. SNAP. It's a SNAP card, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. And it's a card that you get that's automatically loaded every month. And a senior can get a little more than a little over $100. It's $104 right now is top amount that will be loaded onto their card every month, which they can use at, at a grocery store or, or other places where you buy food. You can't use it for things like alcohol or tobacco. You can't buy pet food. You can't buy nutritional supplements or those kinds of things. Mm. But straight up food, you can buy with this card. And, and having that additional $100 a month on top of your Social Security, on top of what other income or whatever else income you might have, can really be very helpful, particularly for somebody who's living alone. That's one card per person. So if you're still two people, a couple living together, that's for each of you. So that's mm -hmm. now you're working with a little more than $200 of additional money 
on a card, automatically loaded, coming to you that you can use to get real food at grocery stores and other outlets. But again, you can't get the bad stuff. You you can't buy alcohol. You can't buy tobacco. It's strictly for food usage. But that program has been around for for many years. I know it's often referred to as food stamps, and that has somewhat of a negative connotation to it. But it is another resource that seniors should be taking advantage of. Well, they should be, but depending on the generation, some seniors won't use it because they think, ah, that's welfare, but that's ridiculous. It's out there and it's a a program that is meant to help seniors and they really should be taking advantage of it. I guess that it's up to other people to sort of talk them into it and say, look at this can help you out. Well, guess what? You know, it's funded by taxes. You know what else is funded by taxes? Social Security and Medicare. Yep, yep. And seniors are, are, are taking both of those and not thinking twice about it. Just think of a SNAP card as just an extension of your Social Security. It's another benefit you're entitled to, but it is a income-based entitlement. You, yes. you, you don't just automatically qualify for it. You have to be 60 and above. And your income has to be on a monthly basis at a certain level to qualify. But if you qualify, it would be stupid to not take advantage of it because it's paid for by taxpayer money. That means you've paid into it. And if you qualify, you should take advantage of it and its ability to help you pay for getting nutritious food into your hands that that you should that people shouldn't be going without. You're absolutely right, but I'm talking about the mindset. It might not make make a lot of sense, but depending on what generation you're talking about, what I know we run into that where yeah. where either there's a pride around not wanting to say that you're you know that you're low income, or you know what I see a lot too. People who are seniors not wanting to admit yet that they're seniors. So they're yes. not taking advantage of senior discount programs. They don't want to join AARP because it's, it's some kind of an admission of now I'm a senior. <laughs> I joined AARP when I was 50 years old because I was able to access great discount discounts and all kinds of benefits. I hope people can overcome those self-imposed limitations of admitting to themselves that they could use a little more help with money and that they're a senior so they should be able to access different benefits that they're entitled to. Just don't admit it to anybody else, but but do it anyway, if that's what you need to do. <laughs> exactly. Aren't they saying that 70 is the new 30 or 40 now? Right. <laughs> right. I was going to ask, how do you apply for SNAP? Here, you, you can go onto a website and apply. It's really easy. You go to www.benefitscheckup.org. If there's a simple application that you, you'll fill in information, it'll tell you if you qualify. And then from there, you can you can apply if you qualify and, and you'll get your EBT card sent to you. You'll start getting your, your monthly food allowance loaded onto the card. So go to benefitscheckup.org. And remember, it's the program is SNAP, S-N-A-P. There is a, a local organization in the Philadelphia area called MANA that helps seniors. Also, it's a good opportunity for other seniors to volunteer to help with these different programs. Yeah, you're going to find every local community outlets and programs to help seniors with food, you know, also for other vulnerable populations. So at the local level, you're going to you're going to find a lot of different resources with a simple online search, you would quickly start to see which programs are where, community centers, town halls, 
churches, religious organizations. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever been to a community religious outlet. I have gone to bean suppers and spaghetti dinners and fish fries at churches in my area, and they are wonderful. The food can be so good. The community and meeting with people so great. And through those, you start to learn about other ways to tap into resources that can help seniors and other vulnerable populations. So I always recommend make sure there's the sort of national level type of programs like a Meals on Wheels, a SNAP program, delivery services like we talked about, but in your local community, in the local area, and particularly, again, emphasizing where we started the conversation, not living in isolation, not being afraid to reach out to family and friends, and and as a family member, not being afraid to check in on your loved one, make sure that they're getting everything they need, that you can help them access resources if they're either unable to do it or or reluctant to do it on their own. As a family member, get in there and help. And quite frankly, as a family member, if you can, don't be afraid to buy some groceries, bring them over and cook a meal and sit down with your loved one and spend some precious time together as a family and and as a community. Not only is it it an opportunity to to spend time together as a family, to to have a good meal and maybe beef up their cupboard with some additional items, but also a good opportunity to check in on them and look around and make sure that physically they, they look like you think they should. You want to be looking for signs of Has there been any rapid weight loss? Are they weaker than usual? Are they having a hard time balancing? Are they having a hard time with mobility? As you're having a conversation with them, keep an eye on their mental acuity. Are they forgetting dates, confusing names, not not remembering who people are? And look around the house. Is there signs of damage or has it become disheveled? Signs that maybe things are getting to a point where maybe them living alone is becoming something that you have to start taking a second look at and maybe it's time to start thinking about new arrangements like could there be a need for long-term care emerging? Those are all good questions. Anything that you want to mention as we conclude? Just that. I think at the end of the day, so much of this boils down to people who live in isolation and from that have a difficulty getting to resources, getting to food. We've got to help our loved ones overcome that. We got to keep an eye out for them. We can't be afraid to reach out. And as a senior who's living in that situation, don't be afraid to, to or embarrassed to reach out to the resources that are out there for you. But together, at the end of the day, aging and, and eventually maybe even moving to the point that long-term care is necessary, mm. that's a family journey. One of the big secrets to those people living in the blue zones that live so long is that they're very much engaged with their family. Tight-knit communities, family environments, families that are still living together or living close to each other and staying very engaged on a regular, if not even daily basis. That's the key. So much to successful aging, healthy aging, is that engagement in family, community, and not being isolated from resources that are out there that you can take advantage of. That is very well said. And having an agenda, and by that I just mean things on the calendar where maybe you're getting your hair done every Friday or uh, you're going to the library on a Tuesday. These regular times for you to get together and, and to know that they're on your calendar You have to get up, you have to get ready for them, and you're not in your pajamas at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Pat, I agree. Living with purpose, living with meaning, having 
activities that, that you're engaged in and, and, and having them on a regular basis, that is a, such an important part to successful aging and happy, healthy living.